Amen and amen. So, Father, we honor you. Today, we, we, we ask that you breathe upon us, that amen. you open our eyes to see as we ought to see. Teach us your word amen. yourself. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory amen. we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Okay, so today we are in part Eleven of fight, part eleven of fight, and we are looking at the wounded soldier, the wounded soldier. Now we we are looking at the wounded soldier today from the perspective of there are two perspectives, right, when it comes to the wounded soldier. So you have the wounded soldier from the perspective of an enemy fire or enemy fires, you know, um, that is when the wounds are inflicted from by an enemy, you know. So maybe we'll get to that down the line. But today we, we are looking at the wounded soldier from friendly fires. So from friendly fires. So sometimes um, the wounds that we as as soldiers, as 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 fighters in this world as, as, as victors, you know, um, the wounds we bear, they are wounds from friendly fire. They are wounds from, <laughs> from people that uh, are on our, in our corner, but they are shooting at us, you know. And they, are, they are people in our corner that are allies and they are friends and they've inflicted deep wounds, you know, um, sometimes accidental discharge, sometimes malicious uh, attacks, sometimes inevitable conflict, you know? And so how do you respond? What is the nature of, of, of that kind of fire? How do you respond what should you know and how should you, how do you heal? How do you heal most importantly from, from friendly fires? How do you, do you heal from friendly fires? Fight part 11. And I see it's, it happens inadvertently. All you need to do is to be alive in this world for, <laughs> for you to get, friendly uh, fires for you to, to be before you are hit with with a friendly with friendly fire. So we're gonna dive um, straight into the uh, content for for today and it is important that we realize that God is in control of it all. That's that's the first thing we need to understand that God is actually in control of it all. God is in charge, God is in control, God loves you, and God's counsel for you will stand, regardless of the pain you, you are feeling right now, regardless of the wounds you've, you've had to nurse, 
and, and struggle through and, and heal. God is for you. God is on your side. And that is big. So if we look at Zechariah chapter 13, verse 6, Zechariah 13, 6, you know, it's, it's interesting because the, the person, Zechariah, description here is, is a situation that many of us have found ourselves in, and that's what makes it very difficult, you know. And Zechariah 13, 6 says, if someone asks, what are these wounds on your body? They will answer, the wounds I was given at the house of my friends. You know, what a contradiction. At the house of our friends, we, we, we expect understanding. We expect love. We expect succor. We expect cuddling, if you will. We expect, you know, friendship. But these are the wounds that I am dealing with and I have to deal with. And I got them from the house of my friend. How do you respond? How do you handle? I mean, how do you deal with situations? Sometimes it is, it is a, a loved one. Maybe it's your sister. It could be your blood sister. Sometimes it's your blood brother. Sometimes it's your parent, you know, that have inflicted the wound. Sometimes it's actually your spouse, the person you lay down with, you put your head on the same pillow, daggered you. Sometimes, you know, so what, how do you respond? How do you respond? If someone asks, what are these wounds on your body? They will answer these are the wounds I was given at the house of my friend. And it's a, it's a tough place to be. It's a really tough place to be. I mean, everyone, but everyone that will be great in God must go through that path <laughs> when, where you will experience friendly fire. Everyone. David has his fair share of it. David would say in Psalm 55, verse, verse, verse 12, that if it was an enemy that fired this shot at me, that taunted me, that ridiculed me, that, that attacked me, then I could have borne it. That is easy, guys. If it's an enemy, it's easy. I know that I'm, 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 I'm dealing with enemy fire here. I could have hidden. I could have escaped. I could have fired back. I could have, I have my, 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 my uh, guns loaded. I know what to do with the enemy. It says, but it was you, a man like myself, my companion, my friend. What fellowship we had, what wonderful discussions we, as we walked together into the temple of the Lord on holy days. We went to church together. We went to fellowship together. We went, we had life group together. We actually went to uh, departmental meetings together. But it was you, my sister. But it was you, my brother. But it was you, my companion. It was you, my friend. It was you. If it was an enemy, I can deal with it. How painful it is when you 
open your heart to people and they turn around and they, they give you friendly fire. Poom, 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 poom. <laughs> you know, how, well, how, how tough can that be? How tough can that be? How tough can that be? Pretty tough, I must say. Pretty tough to experience friendly fire. Now, before we look, look at, okay, so how do I, Pastor, how do I heal from friendly fire? How do I heal from friendly fires? I, I mean, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get you. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've experienced it or I'm dealing with one right now or I know I'm going to have to deal with one down the line. How do I heal from friendly fire? Before we get into how to heal from friendly fire, you see, I need, to I need us to understand that some things that we consider friendly fires sometimes are not friendly fire as we think they are. They are actually friendly helps. They, they, they are not palatable. They appear like friendly fires, but some friendly knocks are necessary. Some friendly knocks are actually good, you know, and is not to be treated as friendly fire. For instance, the psalmist in Psalm 141 verse 5 says, let the righteous strike me. That is kindness. So we see here that when a righteous man or a righteous woman in the integrity of his heart, in the righteousness of Christ, strikes you, it is not friendly fire, it is kindness. <laughs> so we see that you need to understand that it says, let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. We have to be teachable. We have to, to be um, um, correctable. We have to understand that when iron sharpens iron, sometimes there's heat, sometimes there's spark. But I've seen very corrosive people conclude that to be friendly fire. And they open fire on, on their sisters or on their brothers. It's lack of understanding. I pray that God will give you understanding today in Jesus' name. Say amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. It says, my head will not refuse it. <laughs> May your head not refuse the strike of a righteous man. Say amen. May your head not refuse the rebuke of a righteous man. Say amen. May your head not refuse it. For my prayers shall be against the evil doers, the deeds of the of, 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 of evil doers. So we see that the psalmist is saying here that when the righteous strike me, that is kindness. I'm not talking about immature Christians striking you. I'm not talking about maliciously, malicious um, strike with uh, Christians striking you with malicious intent. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when a righteous man strikes you or a righteous woman strikes you in the integrity of their heart, in the righteousness of, the, of Christ, in the authority of the word, that is kindness to you. They are, they are actually kind to you. And that is oil on your head. And I pray that may your head not refuse it. 
you know, there's, there's, there's a prayer my grandmother would pray that may your head not refuse good things. <laughs> may your head not refuse good things in the name of Jesus. Say amen. Say amen. Amen. Okay, so so we see here that uh, that is that is one aspect of being struck by a friend that is not friendly fire. In, a, in another place, in Ecclesiastes, it says that it is better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by fools. Better to be criticized by, you know, some people don't, don't like criticism at all. You don't. You just don't like, don't criticize me. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm fine. Tell me I'm beautiful. But don't criticize me. Don't criticize me. I can't stand criticism. <laughs> and erroneously, they categorize criticism as friendly fire. That is so very wrong. Because it isn't. You know, it isn't. Personally, you know, I've, I've, I've shared before, I trust people that I can rebuke and I can really put their feet to the fire and they will take the correction and become better people. I trust such people. There are certain people they don't want to be rebuked. They don't want to be criticized. Says, I can't, no, 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 no. I don't need anybody to correct me at my age. No, 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 nobody should correct me. <laughs> oh, may you not die with fools in Jesus' name. You know, everyone that will fulfill his destiny in God and will not be open to demon spirit, we have to be, stand criticism of the wise. Criticism of the wise. Criticism of the wise. And not praises of fools. Criticism of the wise and not praises of fools. So, and you know, that can go on and on and on. We can go on and on and on and on and on um, with that, explaining that the difference between friendly fire and righteous rebuke, the difference between if an enemy, a, a friendly strike that is destructive and a righteous strike that is constructive, the difference between a wise rebuke and the praise of fools. So some people eradicate everyone that can rebuke them from their lives. They eradicate their influence from their lives. You know, you are treading on a path of destruction. Take it to the bank. You are treading on a path of destruction when you re remove voices that can speak truth into your life, tactically, one by one, by one, by one. You are, you are treading on the path of destruction. The rebuke of the wise will save your soul. And I pray that your head will not re reject. <laughs> your head will not reject it. Say amen. In the name of Jesus, I say your head will not reject it in the name of Jesus. Say amen. Amen. Okay, so I mean, I not that I can hear you say amen, but I'm I'm listening and 
and uh, and by faith I'm I'm hearing. So say amen again. Amen. <laughs> awesome. So um so the question now is is this that okay, Pastor. Fantastic. I've heard you. Um I need to respond to the word of God. I need to be open to the rebuke of the wise, you know, and I need to understand and that friendly fire is it's, it's, it's actually a part of life, if you will. Yeah, literally. It's literally a part of life. You know, you cannot, you cannot escape friendly fire. You, you cannot. It's literally a, a part of life. So how do I overcome friendly fire? I've talked about how to differentiate friendly fire from the righteous rebuke. Now, I'm a wounded soldier. People are carrying wounds sometimes for, for that's been there for a decade. They're carrying wounds that have been there for over a decade. Pastor, how do I heal from these wounds? Two main things. Then how do I heal from this wound? How do I heal from this wound? The first thing was forgive. Pastor, and how do we forgive? Just as Christ forgave us. Just as Christ forgave us. That is how to forgive. Just as Christ forgave us. So we forgive as Christ forgave us. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing that we have to deal with, the second thing that we have to deal with when after we are forgiven. So forgiveness is the first. This, for the soldier to heal, the soldier must, must forgive. For the soldier to heal, the soldier must forgive. And that's, again, like we said, is totally indispensable. Totally indispensable. So the, the, the second thing is, is this. For the soldier to heal, not only must the soldier forgive, for, this, for the soldier to heal, the soldier must accept. So not only do you have to forgive, you have to accept. You have to accept. What are you accepting? 
what are you accepting as a soldier for you to heal? What are you accepting? In Romans chapter 15, verse 7, Romans 15, 7 says, Romans 15, 7, Romans 15, 7 says, so accept each other. Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, then God will be glorified. Beautiful. So we are to accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, then God will be glorified. So accept one another just as Christ accepted you and God will be glorified. That's what the soldier needs to do. That's what the soldier needs to do. That's what the soldier needs to do. So we see that healing is available. Healing is possible. In fact, healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. So I'm going to um, bring in um, my uh, co-Bible study discussant, and um, we will dive into it. We'll, we'll dive into this um, together. We would explore this together. So we have, we have Pastor Dana, and um, we also have uh, Pastor Esther, and we have Richard. <laughs> okay, welcome, people. You need to unmute your mics. Okay, awesome. So we are all good now. Wounded soldier, as as you have heard, you know, um, what are your immediate thoughts uh, when you when you think of friendly fires, and what are your immediate thoughts? That's one. Um, then, have you had any of such experience? I, how have you? Um, maybe you want to tell us one of the most. Uh, <laughs> um, Painful, if you will, and how you overcame, you know. So um, I will start with Pastor Dana. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, um, uh, even you say, if you have had experience, trust me, everybody has had one experience or the other. Um, I have had, uh, well, very trying experience, trying because it actually impacted my um, my family life. Oh wow! Um, which was my, um, my my sibling really, and uh, siblings are meant to be close. Siblings are oh. meant to be friendly, you know. But um, one of my siblings, honest, did things that uh, even my enemy would not do to me. Oh. And um, it was very very tough, very tough at that time. And um, I, I couldn't shake it off. I couldn't shake it off. I tried. 
I tried, but you know, with the, um, thank God for the word of God that really will keep breaking your heart and telling you, are you sure you are forgiven? Are oh. you sure you are forgiven? And it kept reminding me, are you sure you are forgiven? Until I had to actually lay it down. And that day I wept so much. But oh. you know, after the weeping was like a cleansing for me. Oh. It, it, it freed me. It freed my mind of the pain because the pain was deep. Mm. And that's what you'll find with friends. When they say friendly fire, it means that you know the person. Mm. The person is supposed to be close to you. So why mm. the fire? Mm. You know? So that is where we have a problem. And uh, when you call, uh, so you now it made me to to be reserved in my in my interaction with people with right. who I call a friend. I have to actually study you and be sure that you are truly a friend. You know, and um, I, you know, I, do I make mistakes? Of course, I make mistakes, and many of us do. We will make that mistake, right. but you see, uh, it is a teaching in progress from the Lord for us. Mm-hmm. It 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 just helps to keep our mind focused on what God wants us to do, and as we keep that that in our in our subconscious, it helps us to grow better. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank, thanks, Ma. Hallelujah. That's um, thanks for sharing that. Um, so I'll I'll go to Esther. You know, tell us. Okay. So um, initially, it was even difficult to think of um, any friendly fire situation because you have to just try to live your life to let go of these things so that you don't archive them and so that you can free your life and you can breathe and you don't fall sick because sometimes it can really be painful. But um, I remember it's a very long time ago. Um, of course, there are issues. There's, I have friendly fires with family, but this particular one, um, a very long time ago, very long time ago, before I joined God's Favorite House and I had an issue with one of them and I wanted the other person to help reconcile the issue, you know. And instead of doing that, she called me. I didn't know that she was with a friend and she was making me talk about everything that I felt wow. about the situation. And at the end of the day, it's actually it was fire to this issue because the lady wow. misunderstood everything I was, you know. So it's actually, I, I, it's actually affected the friendship, of course. And, and um, even right now, we still struggle a bit, but myself and the person were back together, but it strained the relationship. So it can, it can really, and we were all Christians, you know, Christians, and it's not like somebody that they were unbelievers or anything. Right, 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 right. Okay, thank you. Richard, I, I, it would be interesting to hear yours. (laughs) If you you express any of such at this younger, tender age. Um, So when I first thought about Friendly Fire, I mean, first thing that came to my mind was war and I was thinking oh how is somebody like shooting their own teammates in the war but yeah I mean I understand that it can be applied to many other parts of life as well and I can think about an experience that I had 
first off, I'm very grateful to my parents for raising me in church. Oh. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't have that much of a social life outside of church, and that was very good for me. Most of my friends were church friends. I mean, I still went to primary school and everything, but I was going to school and then I was coming back home and then I knew I had friends in the church. I had friends at home that I could come back to. But then around the time when I was nine, 10, and then my parents, I I kind of, I put myself up for it, but I went to boarding school in a very far away state in the North. And um. I know I had maybe one or two friends from primary school that came with me to that boarding school. So this is something that happened one of the very first days. And not everyone here is around 10 years old and I'm already experiencing friendly fire. But <laughs> <laughs> I went into the chapel for the first the first morning where we have about to have our service, the first Monday of orientation. And then I saw one of my friends from primary school and he was sitting with some of the other new students, like people that I didn't know. And he was close to the end of the run, I'm thinking. And he's like, I can see him eagerly trying to join in their conversation, but he's not being very successful. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go sit next to him. And maybe the two of us can join the conversation together. Or if they don't want to talk to us, we can at least talk to each other. Oh. And then I go there and I try to sit with him and he's like, oh, there's someone sitting here. Oh, I'm wow. like, oh, okay. So I go and I sit somewhere else and I start talking to some other people. And then as I leave, I hear the other people asking him, oh, do you know that guy? And he's like, no, no, I just, I don't know him. And I'm wow. like, oh, <laughs> okay. That's a fire. This kind of thing can happen. <laughs> so, I mean, I had to eventually realize that this guy, this guy is going to sell me out. Like when, even if, there's no real stake to it. It's like he isn't a true friend. And I, I got mm. to meet some new people and I was able to move on from that from that experience. Awesome. 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 Okay, so um uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna go around again and, and get questions from you guys. So what what questions would you would you have for us? Um so I will go start with Pastor Dana again and and then Esther then. Um, Richard, yeah. Okay, Pastor, um, you know, talking about friendly fire, when mm -hmm. we use the word friendly, it makes it look almost like acceptable, but mm. it, it's, it, it's not. Mm. So that thing, friendly is the misnomer. Because mm. when we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we tend to get the fire more. You know, the fire is the most is the most impactful thing in that statement. The friendly part we forget about it. Oh. How do we remember that? You know, work work less, get ourselves work, worked up less on the fire part, and still remember the friendly. That oh, who is doing this to me? Is a sister? Is a oh. brother? Or somebody I should respect? Somebody I should honor? Because honestly, that friendly fire, I won't tell you a lie, Pastor, is the fire part that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I the friendly. You don't remember the friendly part. Yeah, I mean, okay, so what, what I would say is that um my grandmother would say that if the death inside does not kill you, the death outside cannot kill you. You know? So um you know so if, if, if the death 
if the death inside does not kill you, the death outside cannot kill you. That means that, to your point, Ma, the friendly fires are fires regardless. And fires and shots can kill. And, yes. And, and most people actually are killed more by the people that know them mm. and the people that are close to them than the enemy without. So, yes. so um, um, it's fire nonetheless. So the fact that it's friendly fire does not reduce the potency of the fire. Is the friendly fire is just defining the scope of attack. This is where it is coming from. So, and since it is even actually more lethal than enemy fire, in most cases, because going by the wise words of my grandmother, that if the fire out inside does not kill you, if the fire outside cannot kill you. So how do you deal with that? How do you, a few thoughts that I will share. Number one, you, you already said it, which is at this stage of your life, um, um, you don't want to be bitter. You don't want to be closed. You don't want to cut people off from, cut yourself off from community because you don't trust people. You, have, you are suspecting everybody. You don't want to do that. You, um, you want to be careful though, you know, um, be careful who you embrace you know, and all that. So, so that is big and, and that, is, that is one. Secondly, with friendly fire, fire that is within, from, from within, you, we have to ensure that we ourselves are not giving out friendly fires. You know, we have to ensure that we ourselves are not causing problems for people, you know, um, just so that we don't reap what we sow. <laughs> so, so just so that we don't reap what we sow. So we have to make sure that that angle is, is covered, that we will be the healing balm in our relationships. We will be the ones that will heal wounds. We will be the ones that will um, 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 shield people, for, um, you know, and all that. So I haven't done that so the third bit is 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 now trusting that god will protect you the same way we protect you from enemy fire that god will protect you from friendly fire you know Amen. so yeah so i haven't done that that that's all you need to do and and you know the way it is is that over time you will get you your discernment will be will, will increase you know over time your discernment will increase you know discernment there's a part of discernment that is a gift and there's a part of discernment that comes by reason of experience and use if you have been born here born here born here you are wiser you know you know so and it will help you going forward um i don't know if that helped man okay <laughs> hopefully it does okay um Esther. Okay, so um the so when you talked about the wounded soldier, I was thinking, okay, thank God that this soldier is wounded, he's not dead, at least he can live to fight another day and then <laughs> you know, um because there, there are soldiers that actually die from from 
friendly fires, you know. So how the healing process, you know, I'll just like you to speak to um, maybe the healing process for a wounded soldier. You know, there is um, an analogy of, um, there's a picture I used to know of a dog that was shot by an arrow once and the, the arrow had, um, the dog couldn't stand at the hip. You know, then there's an immediate picture of the dog that was now shot, the same dog shot by an arrow like 10 times and he was standing. So, you know, it just shows that he's now able to take more. He has built resilience based on the fact that he's been wounded so many times, so he's still standing. So what are the positive sides of maybe being a wounded soldier, you know, lessons learned, and then for people that are still struggling to heal from being wounded, how can they recover? Okay, so um, you've talked about the positive side. So when you forgive and you accept, you will heal. So when you forgive and you accept, you will heal. Another thing my grandmother would say is that, ah, I don't know how to say this in English, like very well, you know, but I will interpret it in English. She would say that, so it means that if you know that this person is calculus, or this person is, is, is you, will, you will know that this is his behavior. So you should not be shocked. So if you know someone will always maybe get angry over little things, then the person gets angry over little things and that hurts you. So the first time it hurts you, the second time it hurts you. If it keeps hurting you, then you are the one that has a problem, not the person. You, the, the, <laughs> so to that dog, to, to the dog that has been shot once that could not stand, then after, I mean, 10 times the dog is still standing. Why? Because the dog got used to the arrow and the dog, the dog in a way, became, <laughs> became strong enough. So, became strong enough. So, you can accept people with their flaws without allowing those flaws hurt you. So, that is the acceptance bit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of it. And then obviously, I mean, um, it's, 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 a, it's a work in progress. Nobody wants the arrows anyway. So you also would expect the person to grow up. There's nothing wrong in expecting, particularly if there are people that are close to you and are important to you. There's nothing wrong with expecting them to grow up. You should expect them to grow up while you accept them However, you should realize that you cannot make anybody change. You can't change anybody, you know. Some people have chosen their path. So it is what it is. Okay, thank you, Esther. Um, Richard. All right, so my question is about being able to distinguish, like to tell the difference between when like friendly fire is coming because maybe I'm the one in the wrong or I'm the one that is not having an understanding. And when like friendly fire is just, just fire, it's just the one trying to hurt me. Okay, so um, how do you separate the two, right? Yes, sir. 
Okay, so you have to be um, you have to be objective, you know, and be and be truthful to yourself. So, and that actually um, um, segues to the to the next seg the next aspect of conversation I want us to have, which is you know when are fires from friends not fires to destroy but fires to build up you know when are so how you differentiate the two is so many things the intent of the person the intentions of the person the heart of the person a lot of those things are outside of your control but you can discern them you can see them so if if the person is malicious it is it is an it is an attack <laughs> Do you understand? So, so you need to take yourself out from the situation and be objective with it okay so this person what do they have to gain okay the person says comb your 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 hair before you go for the interview you know and the way the person said it you don't like the way the person said it and you it hurts your feelings that the person will talk to you like that a whole richard as big as you are <laughs> You know, you know, but and you feel that's a fire, you know, but you, you need to step back and think, what does the person have to gain if I don't, or lose if I don't comb my hair? If I comb my hair, it's for my own good. It makes me more presentable for my interview, and I'm going to be the one to get the job. So when you are less sentimental and you are less, you are not petty, you know, you are able to separate constructive criticism from destructive criticism. You're able to separate the, the two, clearly. Okay? Sure. Okay, you're welcome. So, um, so to, the, to, the, to, the, to the aspect of let the righteous smite me and it shall be kindness. Let my head not reject the correction of the godly, you know, the criticism of the wise is better than the praises of fools. So, you know, sometimes people just want to surround themselves with yes men, people that just want to tell them what they want to hear. So the people that really can engage you, you run away from them because they challenge you to your core, you know, and that is when you actually become better, you know, when you have people that can challenge you to your core. So, um, so the question, I, what I want you to talk about is, um, even though our time is, is, is fast, man. so quickly, you know, um, I want you to comment on, on that aspect of um, the correction of the godly or, and the criticism of the wise, you know, how can people receive that better? And how can people ensure they don't confuse it with, with just friendly fire? Uh, I'll go with Pasadena first, then Esther and Richard. Quickly, ma'am. Okay. Thank you, Pastor, uh, Pastor Femi. Um, the, the, you know, the way to look at it is, I, I look at the, the workplace. Oh. The workplace is a place where you have... Um, there's inbuilt competition anyway. That's how is the spirit in the workplace is competition. Oh. 
Oh. I want to show them that, uh, you know, I can do well, I'm better than this person and that. And um, if, if, if you have a boss that as, keeps asking you and keeps pushing you and keeps, um, you know, um, to you, it might look like hostility. It's oh. hostile. He's oh. asking me for things and, and he wants to show them that he's... But, but then it might just be somebody who sees the potential in you I'm mm -hmm. just trying to prod you into mm -hmm. being your best. Mm -hmm. Where do you know? How how do you know? Because if you don't, if you are not careful, you just see him as your enemy straight. Mm. And when one does, once that happens, it is difficult in you to do your best or to 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 um, um, adhere to the corrections and see how you can then manage yourself in that situation. How do you how do you understand it, or how do you explain it for someone who sees it the other way, whereas you should be seeing it as as a friendly, a righteous mm -hmm. um, fire to help them grow? So, so, so again, you should you should um, um, <clears throat> always assume the best from certain people. So, always assume the best, even if they have a bad intention. Always treat it as a fish and bone situation. You take the fish and you spit out the bone. So even if your boss is overbearing and someone is your boss, you must always see the point in what they are saying. Even if you think it's pointless, you must always use it for your own advantage. Even the pressure. When you find out that you can't, then you are doing yourself a disservice because you cannot grow. You know, I've had some very interesting bosses, very, very interesting bosses. But there was this one um, uh, story my mom told us that always helped me, you know. And that story is, there were these people that wanted to bury um, a cow. They wanted to bury the cow alive. So they put the cow in the pit and they were heaping dirt on the cow. So every time they pour dirt on the cow, the cow shakes it off and stands on it. They pour, as they shovel dirt on the cow, the cow will shake it off and stand on it. The more the dirt was being poured, the cow will shake it off and stand on it. Before they knew it, the cow was on top, on the ground level. Because, <laughs> because, and they were shot, and they were surprised, you know? And they, so they came to meet the cow. How did you do it? And the cow says, every time you put dirt on me, I shake it off and I stand on it. So that's all that person needs to do. That's all we need to do. When particularly people that are higher than us and you think they're putting dirt on you, just shake it off and stand on it. You become a better person. But when you start fighting them, you will be buried there. And you will be the one that we lose out because, hey, at the end of the day, you are the one that becomes a better person. Thank you very much. I hope that helps. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. So... Um, Esther. Okay. So for um, criticism, what came to mind was um, when I was trying to do my MBA. Um, well, I was not trying to do my MBA. My husband felt I should do my MBA. And he would tell everybody, would, he reported me to everybody who cared to, to listen. Why? And I felt that I was fine with the number of years of experience. I believe more in hands-on experience and I felt I didn't need to do the MBA to progress with my life. 
and um, we went to see our prayer partners from school and again he reported me reported me very seriously it was literally casting I had to leave the meeting I went to cry in the room you know so and I announced and I told I kept telling him that if I don't hear from God I was not going to do the MBA so I think that night when I now prayed about it God now said oh do you need um did you need my permission before you went to primary school did oh. you need my permission before you went school that this is continuous learning oh. so you don't need to hear from me before you do your mba you still oh. yourself you should keep learning all the so this is not this that's why you have so um i think what i do with um those kind of strong friendly fires positive friendly fires is to check with god and if i um get some form of or, or, or check with um, a trusted my pastor you know something like that someone that i um, strongly believe in, and then I can go ahead. Okay, <clears throat> awesome. Um, so we have some questions coming in from social media. Um, so if you have questions before Richard speaks, if you have questions from uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Mixler, um, whatever platform you're watching from, please just put your questions in the chat room and they'll get it to us. Um, um okay so richard all right so thinking about constructive criticism from i mean parents and maybe classmates and colleagues something that i know that i personally still struggle with is you tend to want to maybe talk and maybe defend yourself or say i try to explain like when someone's trying to tell you that, oh, maybe what you're doing isn't the best thing that you could have done. You might mm. want to say, oh, but this was going on, but this was going on. And then something that I've noticed, like when I start trying to defend myself, is that situations escalate way more than they might have needed to. And then you find yourself actually shouting with someone or in like an argument or having like maybe for what I mean I'm looking for a good I was looking for a good word to use but you might have like long-standing arguments and maybe you might break up a friendship or something or a relationship so like what advice would you give someone who struggles with this to get better at listening first and then maybe saying something after they've listened and and um, understood what the other person is trying okay. to talk so someone who struggles with i want you to say it in your words again with listening first with listening first someone who struggles with listening first and always you know talks before they listen i want to be heard before you know um well it's it's a we are different so um the person should realize that they have a a tendency of doing this because of their difference it doesn't make them uh, the devil, doesn't make them a bad person that is irredeemable or what have you. So that's the first thing. You need to acknowledge, okay, and it's self-awareness. You know, a lot of people very, have very little self-awareness. So um, interact with people and they, they, there is very low self-awareness. So the first thing is you need to have that self-awareness that I have a tendency of doing this. You know, that's a that's victory by itself. I mean, if you because some people will never agree and they will never even say it, you know. So 
I have a tendency of doing this. Okay, so since you, you know this, you've accepted this, you've, you've uh, owned it, the next thing is always make sure you ask questions before you give your um, opinion or take a position. The, what questions does is the question forces you to listen. So your friends are talking or somebody is trying to give you feedback. If you say to yourself, I won't say anything until I ask a question about what they are saying. It means I have to hear what they are saying first. Then I have to ask a question about it to, to get deeper understanding of it. The, at the end of the day, I will have heard properly <laughs> before I talk. So that's the power of questioning. It's a life skill, you know, that you, you need to develop. So don't jump into responses. Always precede your responses with a question. Question based on what the person has, has talked about. You will discover that more uh, uh, that more and more you are becoming that wise person that you want to be, you know, <laughs> you know, I hope that helps. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, sir. You, um, you're welcome. So I'm, I, I'm going to take some questions from um, social media. It says that this is from YouTube. It says that sometimes we might want to give a friendly criticism but it turns out to be friendly fire. <laughs> like critis criticism gone wrong. <laughs> how do you handle such, how do you manage such situation? When you have criticism gone wrong, it depends on who the person is. It depends on who the person is. Criticism gone wrong with your spouse, how you should handle it is different from criticism gone wrong with your boss. Yeah, and it's different from criticism gone wrong with your friend. <laughs> and it's, it's also different from criticism gone wrong with your em employee. You know, how should you handle, handle it? So I just take a few, a few examples. So, so, and it may cut across some, cut across all, or different relationships. So I'll start with friends because that will cut across a lot. So with your friend, what you want to do is you want to show respect first. You want to show respect and that cuts across. You want to show respect. So the fact that you are giving criticism, you must always show respect so if 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 criticism go goes wrong with your friend you must respectfully back off and own it and say okay you know what i'm sorry this is what i actually meant but i'm sorry it came across like this but this is what i actually meant so it cuts across and that will work with your spouse that will work with your boss, that will work with your employee. You know, you have to treat everybody with respect. Now, when it comes to your spouse, 
I know that you may have uh, a stronger emotion that you are vested in this relationship, and this is going to affect me, affect my children. So, yeah. <laughs> so you you think that you you have to drill it down their throats, you know. I, I, I would say that you should also surround it with a lot of respect, whether you are the wife, whether you are the husband. Criticism is criticism. It should be communicated with respect. With your spouse, the, obviously, hopefully, the person knows you, knows you better than everybody else. So you are more, you can be more vulnerable. So you can want to now engage it further by saying, with your friend, it may be wise to just back off, or your boss, it may be wise to just back off after you've communicated your respect and everything. With your spouse, you may want to go further by changing your strategy. Okay, I said this with a lot of emotion. Let me breathe. Let me have dinner. Let me watch my favorite uh, show on YouTube or whatever. Let me calm down. Let me come back with another strategy. Maybe I will rub his back. Maybe I will rub his head. Maybe I'm giving her <laughs> a shoulder massage. Maybe everybody has calmed down. Then I will bring it up again, you know, because yes. I want to be heard and I want things to be resolved. So, so how you deal with it is different from one person to another, from one relationship to another. However, you also have to have this underlining factor, which cuts across all the relationships, and that is the fact that you must be able to um, to stomach your suggestion being rejected. You you there's what they call the spirit of Aethophel. There's there's the spirit of Aethophel. The spirit of Aethophel is the spirit that makes people want to cruci crucify themselves every time their counsel is rejected. In fact, there's a man in the Bible called Aethophel. He's a very wise man. He gives counsel. It's as if God has spoken. That's what the Bible says. When he opens his mouth, it's as if God has spoken. However, when a king rejected his counsel, Richard, do you know what this, what this guy did? No, yes. Sir. He went to no. hang himself. Wow. Yeah, he went to hang himself because oh. the king rejected his counsel. So that's just pride and arrogance. Some people, it doesn't, and the truth was that what he told the king came to pass. You know, what he actually told the king, the advice that was rejected actually mm -hmm. came to pass. Yes. So he has equated himself with the authority of his counsel. You need to separate yourself. Your self-worth does not depend on whether somebody accepted your counsel or not. His self-worth was now because has now been equated to the acceptance of his counsel and the and the authority that it brings. So watch out for the spirit of Aethophel. They don't you give a suggestion, always remember it's a suggestion. That is why they call it suggestion. <laughs> suggestion means and you may be right. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. People have a right to say no, and you have to respect that. Even if it's your spouse, your spouse has a right to say no. You want them to take a turn. They say, no, I don't want to take that turn. I want to take the other turn. Hey, but it's longer. It's not, I'm the one driving. You must have <laughs> enough security 
and self-respect for yourself to accept that without, you know, some people, that would be a big problem. They will abuse the man, the man. That's why you don't listen. You're strong. You're such a strong-headed, stubborn goat, you know. <laughs> you know? They did accept your counsel. Leave it like that. Okay. A lot of questions are probably from. <laughs> Number two. When do you know you have healed from the past, from past hurts? Sometimes, ah, sometimes we say we have healed, but we have just bottled our hurts and now projecting them on others. For example, a lady that has been heartbroken before goes into future relationships with the intent of not being vulnerable to protect themselves. Hmm. That's true. So there are, um, the example you gave, a lady that has been heartbroken before uh, goes into another relationship, that person is paying what the other guy has done. Who's <laughs> paying for what the other guy has done. The lady never really healed. You never really heal. That's why some people say give some time before you get into another relationship, hoping that you will heal. But sometimes time alone does not heal. You know, so many times time alone does not heal. So you need to make sure that you heal properly. How do you heal? You forgive thoroughly. You 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 get you get help if you need help. You forgive thoroughly and you accept, you know. And, and God will bring your healing. So how do you know you have healed? You know you have healed when you're not reacting. You know you have, you have healed when you're responding to issues, when you're not reacting. You know, I've had a, um, a man say to a lady that he was dating, the man was married before, and he was about to get married to this lady. And he was saying to her that, listen, there's a reason I am single. I am very selfish. If you cannot deal with that, <laughs> if you cannot, deal, if you cannot deal with that, you know that's your business. You know, leave me. Just run away. Just run away. So, and the girl is saying, "Well, pastor, I, but I love him. I can use my love to change his heart. I can okay. use my love to change his heart. Be careful, though. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> You know, women can be very funny sometimes when it comes to relationships. I'm sorry, no, no, no offense. You know, just oh, for pastor, I can't. You know, the guy has told you there's a reason I'm single. I'm a very selfish brat. I don't. Uh-uh. I, I think about myself. And he was, he was honest enough to say it, and he has been dealing with her with his selfishness. And she said, for pastor. Didn't the Bible say love covers all? Ah. <laughs> 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 I go see it, when. <laughs> uh, I go see when, you know. <laughs> okay. He has given you a spoon. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a question here. I'm currently experiencing friendly fire. This is from IG. The other one was from IG. Um, um, Friendly fire, it really hurts. I forgave immediately, but how do I go about the accept part? I have moved on though, but it's tough to accept. 
okay, so it's a process, you know. Thank God you are forgiven, you know. You need to accept parts. You need to determine what accept means, you know. I mean, and allow God to determine what accept means. Accept does not mean foolishness. Accept does not mean foolishness. Accept means you've, you, are, you, have, you have come to reckoning with the situation and with the person. You know, you're not trying to change the person. You're not the person's God. You're not trying to force the person. You have accepted the person. However, the person has not grown. does not mean that you will be um, vulnerable because acceptance is different from trust. There are two different things. You can accept the person, but the person's level of growth determines the trust you give. Okay, you say, give somebody your car to drive and the person is a rough driver, refuses to obey speed limits, then crashes your car oh. and comes and says, forgive me. And it's tough, you are hurting, you know, because you have to fix the car yourself. So you fix the car, you forgive the person, you call the person and say, oh, boy, you know, it's fine. We are chummy again, we can be friends. And the person still overspeeds, still, you know, drive recklessly. Then the person comes back to you and says, oh, can I have your car keys? Good <laughs> yeah. And he says, but you're a Christian. I thought you said you are forgiving. I thought, I thought you said you are forgiving. Why haven't you forgiven me? You are, you are bitter. You are, you are still holding on to offense. Mm. Don't let them manipulate you. <laughs> forgiveness <laughs> is different from trust. <laughs> forgiveness is different from trust. You should be open to the relationship. You should be open for the person to grow, but you don't have to give the person your car to prove it. No. <laughs> okay. So that should help that person. There's a, another question um, from IG again. It says, when you are the perpetrator of accidental friendly fire and a close friend or confidant decides they don't need you anymore after you have apologized and you asked for forgiveness, how can you mend such relationship? I mean, I'm sorry to, to hear that, but we all have been... Um, um, guilty of that, where it's an accidental friendly fire, where we've hurt people we don't mean to hurt, you know, and you have done the right thing. You have apologized to the person. Now the person is is not forgiving you, is not accepting you back. That is on the person. That's not on you. That's, that's, that's not on you. That's on the person. That's not on you. You have opened your gate. You have opened your door. You have asked the person, come back, you know, let's make this work. And the person says, sorry, you know, I can do without you. And the person walks out of your life. That's, on, that's not on you. That's on you. That's on the person. Forgive yourself for making that mistake. And move on with your life. If God means the person to be in your life, of course, keep the door open. The person may be down the line. Maybe you are trying to force the relationship. Just allow the person to heal. Allow the person to to come around, you'll be fine. Okay, um, number five, and this is the final question, question we're going to take, um, is the fifth one anyway, this is the last one I hear. 
how do you train your loved ones to not be overly <laughs> to not be overly sensitive sometimes we end up avoiding this from youtube correcting people who need correction to their own detriment hmm, this is interesting how do you train your loved ones not to be overly sensitive so you have people that are overly sensitive so because they are overly sensitive when you give them advice boom they they overreact Voila. So you tend to keep your advice back to yourself while you are watching and you are saying that it's not good for them not to have your advice. How do you train them? So the, the first thing is you don't train them. It's not, it's primarily not your big, I, I expect that this person is an adult. So it's primarily not your responsibility to train an adult, even if the adult is your spouse. It's primarily not your responsibility. You can guide, you can, you know, you can encourage, you know, but you are not to take it upon yourself to train because with training comes discipline. You know, you cannot train without discipline. You know, and so a wife says she wants, she wants to train her husband. You know, you, you, if you want to train your husband, that means you want to discipline him. How will that work? You know, how will it work? It will work, you know. So, so, but I get you. So what you want to do is, how do you influence them? How do you help them to not to be oversensitive? I think you should find a non-threatening time and have a conversation with them. Do they agree they are oversensitive? Do they agree that they are overly sensitive? Do they agree? If they don't agree, you know you have a bigger problem because <laughs> <laughs> if, it, it means that if they, can't, if they don't own it, you have a bigger problem. So the first thing is to first make them see it and own it. If they own it, fantastic. If they say, okay, I know I'm overly sensitive, fantastic. So we are all on the same page. So how do we, you know, help ourselves? So the journey can now begin. So that's it. Um, thank you, everybody. I would ask final thoughts. And I'll go around to get final thoughts, Pastor Dana. Final thoughts. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pastor. I think I've learned more from you <laughs> with those questions, you know, on, on how to better my, um, you know, uh, relationship, you know, in my, in my actions and what's expected of me. I've, I've learned a lot you, today and I want thank to you, thank you for it. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Um, Esther, final thoughts on this matter? Yes, um, I'm glad that you've, um, I I'm sure even during this period, you know, all over the world, people would have this kind of questions, um, and I'm sure a lot of it would have been reconciled, um, and you, this would also set people on the path of healing and um, comforts for some people, like um, the question about um, if if you've tried to reconcile with someone and you know the person leave the door, I like I really like that response and it's very helpful. So thank you very much. I've really learned today. Thank you. You're welcome. Richard, final thoughts on this matter. Friendly fire, the wounded soldier. I just want to say a big thank you for having me here. I mean, I've learned so much and I feel like with some of the things that we've talked about, I'll be able to grow. 
as a person and I know lots of other people will also be able to grow as people and to mature. I just want to say thank you once again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, thank you people. So, so the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord may make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and the Lord give you peace and so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Remember, like we like to say at the end of our services, light shines brightest when it is darkest. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Tell it in the cause of a tassie and then it will go shut in.